Kevin Benavides is immense transformational coach. Much of his own journey has involved breaking free from the nice guy syndrome, which had a negative impact on his life and his marriage. What was going on unconsciously is, why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he show me that he loves me? Why doesn't he pay attention to me? Why doesn't he tell me that he loves Like all that was happening. So it's almost like I was trying to prove myself through the people pleasing. Today, Kevin takes his lived experiences and education and supports men in mastering their mind and emotions, healing their past and helping them to step into their authentic power, potential and purpose in life. It was, I would place a lot on her. I needed her to be happy so I could be happy. No longer putting all that responsibility on her to make me feel a certain way, to make me feel validated, loved, worthy. That's on me to do, to feel, to have. She just could contribute to it. She's a part of the equation. She's not the whole equation, does that make sense? Kevin, my man. Absolutely delighted to have you here. I know we've uh, had plenty of ups and downs to get to this point. Uh, I think this is the third time you've booked in with a podcast with me. Yeah, uh, we've finally made it happen. So I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. I, I came across your content over the summer when I reached out to you first, and I could really relate to a lot of what you were speaking about and talking about and writing about. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be coming from a place of authenticity from your own experiences, from your own history. You talk an awful lot about the nice guy syndrome. You talk about father wounds. You talk about a lot of these struggles that men are dealing with today based on experiences in the past. And I want to kind of start from there in terms of the nice guy syndrome because it's something I've struggled with, something that I feel many men today do struggle with. And Mm -hmm. I want to sort of bring it back to your own experience of being the nice guy. And... What did your life look at, look like being a nice guy? And when or how did you begin to change that around? Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, Gavin, thank you for having me on. I'm so glad that we did get it, make it work after all those uh, yeah. missed attempts. But uh, yeah, nice guy syndrome is something that I, I definitely resonate with because I've been that man. But the interesting part is I didn't even know that existed, right? Like nice guy syndrome people pleasing, codependency, all that stuff. I had no vocabulary for that when I was actually working through this stuff. Um, so for me, everything really started, it wasn't really necessarily me working on myself, my own personal transformation didn't start with the nice guy syndrome. It really started with um, healing a father wound. Um, so back in 2013, my dad got very sick. I thought he was going to pass away. And because in, in this time where he wasn't doing well, a lot of stuff from my childhood came up. And on top of that, because I was afraid he was gonna pass away, anxiety ramped up, depression came, and a lot of emotional baggage that I never dealt with came up. And I had to deal with that um, because it was, it it knocked me off my feet, right? Like I was down and out for about six months. Obviously I I still went to work here and there and lived, but I wasn't really living. I was just trying to to get through the day because it was just like panic, panic attack after another panic attack trying to deal with these emotions that I never even realized I was, I was holding on to with my dad. And so that sort of opened up the door to my personal transformation. So I tackled that on first um, about six months into this uh, point in my life. And, and I had to take that deep dive to understand why I was anxious, where this was coming from and what happened with my dad that was causing me to feel this way. And so that's really where it all started and do it through mindfulness, through spirituality doing that inner work supported me in first getting my life back on track, coming to understand myself. And again, those wounds with around my dad. And like I said, it opened up the doors to just becoming a better man. I never even understood any of that. That was just, I just did the, what everybody else does, right? Went to school, found the girl, got married, got the job, got the house, got the car, got the kids, all those things. So for me, I was just living that routine, normal life per se. And not that it was bad. It was just, you know, none of this was in my world at that time. And so that opened the door, that that experience opened the door for me, um, which then as the years went on, and I, I was just really passionate about um, being a better man and just sharing what I was learning on uh, with myself. I was sharing it online. A few years in, about five, six years ago, I came to a point where I, I literally remember one day I was just like, holy shit, my whole life, I've been looking outside of myself for love, approval, validation, 
and I can't be myself. Like I'm always hiding my truth. I'm always hiding what I'm actually wanting, what I'm actually feeling. Um, I'm always changing myself depending on whom, whom I'm around. So that's what came up to me. It was like, I'm always looking outside of myself for love because everything that I perceived I was doing always came back to love, love and approval, acceptance. And so that's really where everything started to change in regards to, again, the nice guy syndrome is, again, like I didn't know there was a term nice guy syndrome. I didn't know people pleasing. I just knew I was acting and living in these ways. So I had to start researching and figuring out like what, what I had to do. And really the, what I had to do was just start allowing myself to be myself, to, to speak authentically, to say what I was actually feeling, to do the things that I actually wanted to do. And um, that's how I went about it. And again, the years have gone on and I've continued working on myself and came to a place where like, no, I feel like I'm in alignment with myself. I, I'm, I'm finally speaking my truth. I'm um, doing the things that I want to do and I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding this part of myself that I hid for so long. Like my uniqueness, you know what I mean? Like that weirdness, that, 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 that part of me that I would hide away before. So I was able to start going after the things I actually wanted in life. And one of the things that I wanted, because for so long I've been so passionate about personal growth, transformation, spirituality, was to go out and support other people, not just talk about it online, but to support people. And so about two years ago is when I made that decision to like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a coach. Like I wanted to be a coach for so long. I just didn't have, let's just say the balls to do it. Um, and I thought, who am I going to help? And then as I was going through that process of starting the business, I was like, why don't I help men who has gone through the similar things as, as I have? So that's really how everything has unfolded for me. Um, and like you said, everything comes from experience. Uh, I don't coach or I don't talk about things that I don't know, like that I, I haven't gone through myself. So mm -hmm. that's really been the journey thus far. Wow. Yeah. You make it sound so simple, but it's incredi <laughs> no, yeah. incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's not and simple. It's simple to say. It's, it's not easy yeah. to go through. Yeah. It's, uh, and as I'm listening to you there, I'm going, yep. Yeah, I know that place. Yeah, I can resonate with that. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, it's we have very, very similar backgrounds. And uh, yeah, I would have been the the nice guy for a long time in my life and the role model son and the one who would put 100%. everyone else ahead Same of themselves thing. and yeah, all the while suppressing my own anger, my frustrations, my needs, my wants. And that turns into resentment, of course, over a period of time. Then you begin to resent the people that you usually is the people that you love the most that you begin to resent. Yeah. Because yeah. they're the ones that you're most afraid to speak up against. And in your own journey, was there a defining moment there when you went back to the past and revisited some of these old wounds that really began to change the tide for you on your journey? Like in re in regards to like being authentic, like around the, the in, nice in, guy or just in, in general? Yeah, well, in, in general, I suppose in regards to healing that father wound, let's say, because I know that's something yeah. that is very common with men as well. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like the, my turning point was when I started to face the stuff with my dad, I didn't realize how much my relationship with him impacted me, uh, how, how much it, it um, created the man that I, I became. Right. Mm -hmm. I had to start looking in. It's like for so long, it was like, what was going on unconsciously is why doesn't he love me? Like, why doesn't he show me that he loves me? Why doesn't he pay attention to me? Why doesn't he tell me that he loves Like all that was happening. So it was almost like I was trying to prove myself through the people pleasing was, can you please love me? And it's like, instead of you loving me, it's like underneath that all, it's like, if you love me, then that validates that my dad will love me or that he did love me. And not having, not that he wasn't present, he was present in my life. It was just, he wasn't present in the ways that I needed him to. And so it's going back to, like my childhood and it's like really revisiting those missed opportunities or the things again, what I wanted him or what I like what I needed from him and I didn't get and like be with the pain of not receiving that. The interesting part for me when we talk about the father wound is I was actually lucky in a way. I was lucky because I had other men in my life who stepped in to be sort of that um, male role model for me to, to do the things that I needed, that I needed my dad to. So it's almost like I had multiple fathers through my uncles, right? One uncle taught me how to, how to skate, ride my bike, play hockey, 
Another one taught, like, taught me how to fish. Another one taught me how to fix things. Like I had those men in my life, but it wasn't that. So it's like, why, why not him? So I had to go back and revisit all that and, and deal with that internally and make peace with it. And really that's what it is and make peace for, with it. And what helped me make peace with all of it is coming to understand him. Um, I went backwards compared to where, what I support men with when we tackle on it, whether it's a mother or father wound is first, we have to express what the hurt that we've held on for, for so long and then come to understand them. But for me, I first went and understood him. And then I dealt with the emotional part because once I could understand, for me, once I can understand him and his background and why he was the way he was, then it all made sense. It's like, okay, I get this now. Like this, it wasn't me. Cause all through, you know what I mean? Like unconsciously we're going through like, like, it's me. There must be something wrong with me. If my parent is not giving me the love or the attention that I've needed, then there's something must be wrong with me. When I did this work on myself or with my father and with my father wound, I should say, it was like, Oh shit. It makes sense why he did X, Y, and Z, or he didn't do X, Y, and Z. So like almost like freed me of like that. It's not me kind of thing. Right? It's not that it's the shame that you carry. It's like, I'm bad. So I'm wrong. I'm, I'm broken when it's like, no, I'm not. He has his own shit that he's been dealing with. And that's why all everything transpired the way it did. And so that gave me the peace to then move on to the next things. So um, for me, that, that was, that was life-changing. Like I remember bawling my eyes out, driving home one day with my wife next to me. And I, and I remember saying to him, to her, I was like, he couldn't do any better. He didn't know how to. And she's like, no, you crazy. He can do better. Like, and she, and I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like he couldn't do any better. That's what he could do based on what he lived through. And so I, like, I remember just that day where, where it all clicked. I don't know what I read or I don't know what I watched or what, what happened per se, but it just clicked. And then when that clicked and then through meditation, through like, I would do like um, forgiveness meditations and journaling and stuff. Everything just started to like flow. And it was like, oh, it's like, it's, it's, uh, there's no other way of saying it than peace of like that burden is, is dropped. And it's like, okay, I'm making peace with myself, with him. And now that I have this peace, I can, like I said before, I can move on to the, to the next thing. And I don't have to carry this with me trying to understand anymore. I've, I've understood in a sense, right? Yeah. That's a, a powerful place to reach when you find out <clears throat> that your father as well is, uh, <clears throat> is suffering and, uh, has been suffering for potentially all of his life and that you have become the bearer of his, of his pain, of his, of his suffering. And of course, this is all done in, unintentionally. It's done through a, a subcon subconscious, uh, yeah energy between yourself and your father or yourself and your mother, whoever it is. And, and, uh, unfortunately for a lot of men, their father's pain becomes their pain until yeah. they understand the pattern there and obviously can be aware of it in order to change it. So it doesn't transfer onto their own children and onto new generations. And I think that's the, that is the power of the work that's going on at the moment for a lot of these men who are, uh, who've gone through that transformation themselves and helping other men to do the same. Yeah. And it's ultimately down to forgiveness, isn't it? Forgiving your father, forgiving yourself yeah. as well for forgiveness is it. That's the key. Hmm. That's the key of it. But, um, I think for, first we have to sometimes forgive ourselves for believing it was our fault in a sense. Right. And for the things that we've done because we've turned out the way that we did turn out. Um, but yeah, forgiveness was a, a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. One thing that you did say is like doing these healing, healing yourself so that you don't pass this on. And that's, that was my inspiration. Like at that time, I only had two kids. I now have three, but it was like, I can't continue living this way. And then I started to see, holy shit. I'm actually showing up the same way that my dad showed up. Not this exact same way, but very similar ways. Because a lot of my adult life and even becoming a father was, uh, again, I didn't know this consciously, but as I was, I did the work, I started to see, holy shit, what drove me to become a father was to, to prove that I wasn't going to be like my dad. When, when I, when I was doing that work, I was like, holy shit, I actually became my dad in some ways. Emotionally, I became like my dad. 
even mm-hmm. the people pleaser he's he was a people he's still in a sense of people pleaser so it's like holy shit like i ended up turning out the same way even though i tried to go away from him in a sense i i became like him um but coming back to what i was saying is just the fact of like my my kids inspire me like i didn't want to keep on passing this shit on to them i didn't want to show up day to day the way i was showing up i was like i have to be better for them and they still continue to inspire me um they're the ones that like certain things happen and of course we live with them every day day in day out their kids and they have their own things and then something triggers you and it's like oh there's something there to work on right like they're the best oh, perhaps one of the best teachers in our lives is our kids so yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of a lot of men that i've supported thus far in my coaching that's their inspiration it's like i have to be better it's, it's not just for me it's for my kids so yeah exactly man and from what i understand you did have a couple of kids before you went down Start, this yeah. path of healing so yeah during those first few years as a father you very very much like your father and maybe made some mistakes let's call it or made some misjudgments uh, based on the the children's behalf and I, the reason i'm bringing this up because it's, it's quite similar to my own background as well where i became a dad when i was 26 but mm-hmm. i did not start dealing with my shit until i was about 28 29 and uh right. it's, it's, it still took me a long time to get beyond many of my own struggles and and although i was present and there for my daughter at the time there were moments of rage and anger and moments where yeah i i definitely didn't act as a as a strong uh, loving father and it's taken me a long time to be able to forgive myself for those earlier years with her and Mm -hmm. i'm interested to know how you've dealt with that because it sounds like there were similar moments in your own early fatherhood with your children. Mm, yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I became a father. I was 24, 25. I didn't start my sort of my inner work until 31. So there's a good span. And I had two kids in that time. Um, for me, I, I wanted to do opposite of my dad. So I wanted to be present. He wasn't present as long as I was present present as in physically like i was there all the time you know what i mean when i'm not working i'm with my kids but was i truly present with them yes the anger it's not that i don't i don't feel like i i really yelled at them but i didn't have the patience for them um when they were younger i didn't want almost like i I was there but i didn't want to be around in a sense and that's hard to even admit uh because i was like I have to, for me to be a father, I have to do what my dad didn't do. So I have to be present, even though I don't want to be here. Cause again, it's almost like people pleasing in the same sense is like, I rather be out playing a sport or something for an hour or two, but I'm forcing myself to be here with my kids. Because, so you, because, don't, that, because you don't want them to experience the same pain that yes. you did with your absent yeah. father. And for sure. I, I'm, for sure. I'm nodding my head here thinking, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that yeah. was me. I was, I would be, I would feel so guilty if I wasn't spending time with my daughter and my son later on. So, yeah. And it's still, this is something I still struggle with to be, to be very honest with you. And it's, yeah, I'd sacrifice work. I'd sacrifice play. I'd sacrifice time with um, my wife or sacrifice time with my friends in order to be with the children. Because God forbid if they went through the same sort of pain that I did uh, with my absent exactly. father. But what they need is not the quantity of time from you; it's the quality of time. So quality, exactly, and that's what I learned over time was, yes, I'm going to be present in their lives, but I don't have to be there all the time. I don't have to force like they got their own thing as long as they're taken care of and somebody's watching over them. Obviously, like I have to schedule in the things that I need for myself so that when I am with them. I'm fully present. I'm here for you. And I literally, even now, like I, I schedule my business around my life. Like when I need to do things for my kids, I have that in and I, and I build my time for my clients and my business around that. So I'm still there for them, but then I still schedule in time for me to do the things that I need to do. Even like this weekend, I, I, I was my anniversary with my wife. We dropped them off at the grandparents and we're like, no, we need our time as well. Because when we can do that, we're filling up our own cups per se. And so now we're coming to the, to spend time with the kids. Like you said, quality, there will be quality time because we're truly present. 
We're not uh, thinking about other things. We're not trying to do other things. And with even now today compared to like when I first had my kids, like there's technology, right? And everybody's on Facebook. Like, I was like, no, turn everything off. We're, we're here together. Let's have a meal together. Let's talk. Let's spend time and enjoy each other. Um, so yeah, quality over quantity is a hundred percent the best way to go. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, that makes, that makes, that makes sense, man. And it's to be fully present with everything that you do. So if you're, if you're working, that you're not feeling guilty that you're not spending time with the kids and this is hindering your productivity with work, which means work yeah. begins to suffer, which means you begin to suffer because you're not meeting your goals. Same with the kids. If you're not fully present with the kids and you're thinking about work while you're with the kids, then you're not fully present with the kids. So the kids are going yeah. to suffer, which means you begin to suffer. So it's, it's, a, it's a cycle, right? So everything's yeah. touching everything. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's I had to that that was something I really had to catch in myself uh, when I had the kids was this urgency that I felt to be with them all the time because my dad was rarely there for me as a kid. My dad worked long hours in in, in a pub and yeah, missed him a lot. But uh, he, but as I said, it it's not the moments together that that I remember in terms of us sitting down watching TV. It's the moments where he would have brought me to this one pool or he'd bring me to a, a cafe for a milkshake or he'd have those little moments with us where he might kick a ball, which would be quite rare. But those are the moments I remember. And it's, I remember them for reasons because they were the, yeah. qual they were the quality moments. So that's what your kids will remember as well. And that's, that's what they need more than your quantity. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, uh, that's quite powerful. And if there was a guy out there who was struggling with this, let's call it nice guy syndrome, what is mm -hmm. what's the first step that that guy needs to take in order to become a good man instead of a nice guy? In yeah, from, from I, your perspective, or what was what was it like for you? Always awareness. Like, what are you doing? How are you people pleasing? How are you being codependent? How are you? Where and with whom are you not speaking your truth? we have to have awareness of those things. So it's like, okay, it's, it's with, cause some men are, it's like, they're nice guys, but they're mainly nice guys around uh, their wives, right? They're codependent per se. So it's really focused in on, on the wife. They can't speak their truth with their wife or they are, they're focusing on making the wife always happy, but with other people, they're okay. They're, they're more so authentic. Right. So it's like getting to get clear on where, where is this showing up in your life? What's the behavior patterns per se? Once we know what's what's there, we have to understand, for me, it's always where is the roots? Where did it start from? Coming to the understanding of where is this starting from? What did I start believing about myself? Um, for me, that's it's what's really important. And then another piece is starting to, like a lot of the nice guy stuff is like doing, it sounds, again, very simple, but challenging to do is opposite of what you're doing, Right. So when, if you're not speaking your truth, start speaking your truth, right? So it's doing the opposite things, taking time for yourself. And that's a huge, huge piece because the nice guy will sacrifice himself so that he keeps everyone else happy by sacrificing himself. He lose connection with himself. So you got to start reconnecting with yourself, getting to know who you actually are, what you truly want, uh, what you truly need. Right. That's another uh, important piece, your needs. Um, and then taking responsibility to meet those things, to, to show up for yourself, taking that time to exercise, to journal, to meditate, to do the things that you love to do. Right. Instead of always being around the kids or always being around the wife, like what 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 brings you to life and start focusing in on that, because the more you can do that, the more you're 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 relying on yourself more than just relying on others to make you feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's many aspects, but I think it's first identifying where, like what, where it's showing up today in your life. What's the pattern behaviors, where this originated from and, um, and then start to show up for yourself, right? If we can start doing those things, it's, it's really important. Um, by showing up for yourself, you're going to start to tackle on a lot of your fears, a hundred percent. Right. And then showing up for yourself also means making the choices that are right for you instead of right for other people. And again, by making that choice, you're going to face all the discomfort. You're going to face all your fears. 
And the more you allow yourself to lean into that, lean into that discomfort, the more you're going to be breaking free from it. And this, again, sounds very simple, but it is challenging to do. And that's why um, perhaps it took me years to really move through it properly because I tried to do it by myself. But when I work with men, it's like like when I'm coaching them, we go through specific route, not a routine, but like a different uh, specific steps. And I, I'm there. OK, we're going to tackle this on. What conversation do you have to have? What boundary do you have to set? Um, what time do you have to take for yourself? And it's like, okay, let's focus in on this. Because once you get this, you build that confidence. Because a lot of this is all about self-worth, and which I know you probably know. Everything is around self, the self-confidence, self-worth. We don't feel worthy enough within ourselves. And that's why we're trying to get it from everyone else by doing these things. So when we can reconnect with our self-worth, and that's what I mean by like the diving into um, where this is stemming from and what you truly believe about yourself, because there's things that you're doing and believing about yourself that is disconnecting you from your worth. When you can shift that, you can start to see your worth. And of course, when you start showing up for yourself, you're, you're, you're saying, no, I'm worthy enough. That's why I'm doing this. And you start to feel different about yourself. Um, one of the things I say about confidence building confidence, whether man or woman, but we're just talking about men here, is you can't have confidence without trust in yourself. Because when you can trust yourself, then it's like, I got this. Because even if I if I fuck up, if I fail, if I mess up, mess up, I got my own back. So it's, can you start building that trust within yourself as well? There's a, I know I've touched on a lot of different pieces, but no, that's, that's a cool. big piece, right? Can you start trusting yourself? Can you start believing in that you are worthy enough to speak up for yourself, to do the things you want to do, to, to have your needs met properly, not, not like a, a hidden secret way, right? Like, can you, if you start knowing that that's possible, then you start oh, like, okay, you start to feel it within yourself. So all those things are really important. And again, I know I touched on several things. I'm curious to like, what, what, what has supported you as well on your journey? Like, what's that thing that you did that really helped you? Well, listening to all that, the first thing I acknowledge, acknowledged in my own journey is that, and for the journey of many men today is you cannot do it on your own. And I think you've experienced that yourself where yeah. you think you can, you can sort your own shit out and the ego gets in the way and the pride gets in the way and say, no, no, I, I need to be able to do this. And it's just sort of conditioning as well from childhood where you're supposed to fix your own problems and deal with your own issues. And it sort of goes back to the father wound as well, perhaps where maybe he wasn't there too support you. He wasn't there to give you the guidelines. He wasn't there to be the role model that you needed in order to move forward. And you feel like you're alone and that that's mm -hmm. the way it is to be, that this is my own journey. I've got to sort my own shit out because nobody's helped me in the past. And it's, it's, it's just normal for you until you get to the point where you're, or at least for me, where you just keep fucking up so much and you think, hang on, like, uh, like I just can't do this anymore. And the next thing you know, you've stumbled across somebody on Instagram or a coach or a mentor or somebody that you've aspired to, at least it was for me anyway, reach out to them and you start working with them. They're, they're in a place where you would love to be in months or in years time in terms of they've, they've sort of reached that, that pinnacle that you would, you would love to, uh, you'd love to reach yourself. And you think, okay, this guy's speaking to me. He can relate to me. He understands my struggles because he's been through it himself and he's not going to be judgmental towards me because he's, he's, uh, obviously experienced himself and he's, he's, uh, not going to, uh, create a barrier in terms of our communication in terms of shutting me down because he's uh, authentic and he's, he's also genuinely interested in helping me out because he's helping others to do the same. And if you're speaking from a place of authenticity, which you are, which I am of honesty, of transparency, then that's when people begin to trust you. Like imagine if your father started speaking about his difficulties and his traumas and his problems and his childhood and his life and the connection that would have been established from that alone would have been so significant for you and for me in my life. But yep. of course, I'm not pointing fingers at our fathers, but they just didn't have the awareness or the 
understanding yeah. in terms of communicating that to us. There was no self-help gurus or there was no, there was no, uh, there was limited access and uh, resources back then, of course. So, but now we have the information and men out there have the information. We have the resources. There's men out there like myself, yourself, who are willing to help other men break through these barriers like we've done in our own lives and reach the next level. And as I said, yeah, I've had to dig really deep in, into uh, who I am, what I was about. And the journal was a massive process in terms of just investigating my emotions and feelings and understanding where they were coming from and understanding how a situation in my life today is related to a situation in my life in the past, how yeah. a pain from the past is coming up or being provoked by a difficult experience in my present. So yeah. sort of linking all that up, understanding that your problem today is not, it's not linked to today or to this episode. Yeah. That's some unprocessed difficulty sure. or trauma that is, is going to be found in your past. You need to go back and revisit that. And mm -hmm. as you said, make peace with it. And the big thing for me, it's, is, uh, yeah, forgiving my father. And it's only recently that I've been able to look at him in a positive way, perhaps, because although I would have understand the trauma he went through, that it didn't come from him. It came from his, uh, his brother through, through my cousin to my brother, to me. So my dad never speaks about his childhood because it's so traumatic and Although I got that information, that was definitely a big mass. That was a massive weight off my shoulders because my anger just flipped to empathy once I understood the pain he was mm -hmm. suffering at the time. Yeah. Uh, but there was still, of course, the the pain of his absence and all the things that I'd missed and and that he wasn't there for me in my life. But I've recently begun to hone in and focus on those moments which I mentioned earlier that he where he was present where if I did really fuck up, he would be there to pick me up, pick me up off the ground. And he did do his best, I believe for myself and my brother, his belief was that he was to provide for the family because that's what was ingrained in him yeah, from course. his own father. So, of course, yeah. so that's why he worked so hard. And again, I've now come to understand that that's, come from a place of love so i'm thinking yeah gammon you've no right to hate your father um maybe right's the wrong word but it doesn't serve me to hate him it doesn't serve me to dislike him or to be yeah. resentful towards him and i know that he did what he did from a place of love and he as you as you acknowledge yourself that was the best he could do so that was yours yeah 100 and uh, yeah thanks for sharing that with me i i didn't know so um that's part, that, one that's, of the things that you said the was the, the shift <laughs> the shift from the uh anger to the empathy the important piece and it's great that we have that shift that you had that shift and the important piece that i now know from myself and now pass on to the clients that i work with is like that anger is still valid you still need to move that anger out of your body because like, it's still there, right? It's been there. It's been there. And not just, just because you've made peace with that in a sense, doesn't mean the anger's not there. It is there. And I didn't think that either. I thought, oh, I'm good. Like I, I forgot, I forgave him years ago. Then last year I hired a coach to support me with more things. And, and then, um, he wanted me to tackle all my anger and I'm like, okay, so I tackle it. I know, I, you know, anger is an easy thing for me, uh, to come up and come out. So I started to do this exercise he wanted me to do. And all of a sudden it was my dad all of the, like out of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't even thinking about him. And then as the anger was coming out, it was him. And I was thinking of him and I was swearing and, and I'm like, holy fuck. I, I, don't, I don't think I actually tapped into this before. It's like, oh, it's, it's been here for all this time. So what I'm trying to say by that is like, yes, have the empathy and you can have that forgiveness and that peace. But that, um, that emotion, those feelings that were created by whoever is still there. And we have to tackle that on. We have to be able to process to, to let that stuff go. And then you truly make peace because what you're doing, what I say is you're making space inside of your body um, 
to free you up for the, for, for better feelings, for, for the better emotions that you actually want to feel. You can't really um, hold on, not hold on to, but truly experience, uh, you know, joy and peace and happiness, true happiness, if you haven't dealt with the lower emotions. So you have to be able to deal with that. So that's, a, that's an important piece for me, regardless of the man that I work with. Like uh, we have to tackle those, tackle on those emotions. The body keeps score, yeah. This is you're saying that this anger, this trauma is stored in the body, so you have to release it from the body. Is this mm -hmm. that, that that's your approach here? Is it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've I've thought about that a lot. I've 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 spoken to several people on the podcast here who've gone through that sort of somatic stress release or yep. releasing trauma through the body and. And uh, yeah, I sort of reflect in those conversations. I think, yeah, maybe that's my missing piece. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I don't know. I just don't feel it there. And maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe no, it was the same for yourself. We don't. Yeah. And especially when we do so much work <laughs> on ourselves, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm good. And, it's, and, and in a way, you are, right? You are good. But we don't recognize these things that it's like, it's actually there. It's just we don't consciously can feel it or see it, right? How does, it, um, how, does, anyway. how does it show up in your life then? Or was it showing up in your life? Like, okay. My anger? Go, go, yeah, go, go back to before you reached out to this coach and you went through that process. Yeah. What was different in in you and what was different in your my, life? Yeah, it's, it's so, so for me, my anger came up so easily. Like that was just the thing in my whole life. And I would hide it from a lot of people, but the people that I love the most, my wife, my kids, they, they're the ones that saw, that experienced my anger. And it wasn't like I was angry and hurting them, but it was just like something would happen and the trigger would go off and the anger would come out. There was no stop, almost, right? So, again, very um, sometimes, what's the word I'm looking for? Just things that kids would do, which really was it shouldn't. Passive-aggressive? approach was it me or well, passive aggressive is a huge thing for me in my past right yeah. very passive aggressive and that's a common thing for nice guys but i mean like certain things that my kids would do it's just kids being kids but for me it just stirred up so much inside of me and again i i, I could regulate my anger but i think i couldn't hold it in for too long and then it would come out by me you know getting upset at them or yelling at them and it's like after when I tackled the anger on at a somatic level, then it was like, it didn't come up and out as quick. Something might upset me, but it wasn't at a level where the anger was coming up where I would like yell or scream or uh, berate my kids or something like that. I, I had a, a different level with it. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It wasn't yeah, coming up and coming out. Even if it did come out up eventually, I, I was like, okay, I, I can, I can deal with this. It doesn't come. It's not like woo comes right out, comes um, automatic like that. Automatic. I talk about um, with our emotions, like we automatically, or even behaviors, we just automatically do it because one, we don't know any better. One, because it's so unconscious and it's been so programmed into our body per se, our nervous system, and that's how we deal with certain things. And so for me, it was just I dealt with my anger by by getting angry, like screaming yelling berating my kids and it's i don't know now it's it's not like that not that i don't once in a while but it's it comes few and far between even so like last week something happened with my youngest son and the anger it was like a buildup of days and days and days and it finally did come up and come out and i'm like oh i gotta tackle this on and so for me then when i noticed that it's like okay i gotta take a step back in a sense i need time for myself to do this anger release, to, 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 to let that anger out because, and then understand on top of that all, it's like, okay, this triggered me. Why is this triggering me? What was it that he was doing that got me that upset and start, you know, mm -hmm. going down the layers of understanding. But yeah, for, again, for me, really short and simple. It's like, it doesn't come out the way it used to and mm -hmm. anger. And for me, it isn't, it's not, again, not angry. Like I was hurting someone. It was just, whether it's passive aggressive or yelling or berating my kids, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm a little unsure because I don't yell the kids anymore. And <clears throat> I've actually noticed that in myself where I come home, 
the wife would be going nuts with the kids and they'd be going up the walls, going crazy, playing, yeah. you know, just creating chaos. And I'd be able to speak to the kids on a, on a very, um, on a very calm level. And it's something I've noticed myself. And I think it's, I understand the power of the somatic release and, and all that, but I'm not, I'm just not sure if it's necessary for me at this point. I'm not saying you have to do it. We're just yeah. talking about it. No, in no, but I'm just, uh, uh, no, but it, it does intrigue me. I'm, I'm very interested in it, but um, for me, the sort of rage and the anger that would so easily come up in the past with the kids or with people in my life. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to be there anymore. And that's a good thing. I think uh, maybe I've been able to channel it through my training or through, like I would have done a lot that's... of uh, boxing and kickboxing and those sort of things possibly. But I think the, the big game changer for me was, as you mentioned earlier, about creating time for yourself on a daily basis. And when I spend time myself, it's, it's, it's peace. It's quiet. There's no distractions. And when I'm journaling, I'm processing what I'm feeling more than processing what I'm thinking. And I'm not sure if that's been the game changer, but I do believe there's, there has been certain. It's worked for you. That's what's important. It's It's worked. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, as you know, the journey doesn't end and there's going to be challenges and struggles and setbacks and, I'm a human being and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck up every day with, with something, whether it be major or minor, but it's having the tools and strategies then to be able to deal with that. So that's the difference for me to be able to detach myself from the experience and ask questions about it without judging it or judging myself for my behaviors or actions, trying to find the reason for it. Because as you, as you mentioned, there's maybe an underlying pattern or an underlying pain or struggle there that you need to address. And the anger is more of a message or it's more of a, a sign that, Hey man, you've got to sort something out here. Yeah. 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 It's always a messenger. Our emotions are always messengers guides there. It's mm. feedback, right? It's feedback for us to, to guide us and deal with certain things so we can get yeah. back on, on the right path. So how did the nice guy syndrome affect your relationship with your wife mm, hugely <laughs> so much i don't even know what to pick on but um <laughs> well, you've, oh, you, you've, you've made it congratulations for 15 years i think was it uh, the anniversary 18, of the weekend 18 oh, 18, 18 years wow, yeah, wow, 18 wow. Years married. 21 years together okay. um how do you yeah, manage that I'll, going through the nice guy period and everything else 100 percent, and that's the interesting part is when i when I woke up to like, holy shit, I'm always looking outside of myself for love, approval, validation. I'm like, can't be myself. It was like, it's with you. <laughs> it's like with my wife. It was like, it's mainly with, it's a, with everyone. No, it wasn't just like, I wasn't just codependent. It was like with everyone, but it was like a big piece with her. And um, I think because I didn't even understand my needs, I didn't under, I didn't take time for myself. I just focused in on the kids and her and whatever made her happy, whatever made the kids happy. And so like we're coming back to that anger, that frustration, that resentment, I didn't realize how much resentment I had or towards my wife. Um, and so I, we had to start breaking things down in the sense of like working on things. We had to work on, on the marriage because I was like, this is here. This is this is present. This is what I, has been really bothering me for so long. And like everything just came up for me. She knew all these things for her own self for a little while. She didn't deal with it or she dealt with it the way that she dealt with it. But for me, it was like, holy shit, I'm aware of all these things now. And now I want to tackle this on. I want to change this because I want what I want and all these things. And I really got into it aggressively. So coming back, I don't, I, I can't remember exactly how, what you asked, how it affected my, my relationship with my wife. Is that what you said? Basically. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was the, the resentment. There's so much resentment there because I wasn't getting my needs met. I wasn't fulfilled within the relationship not to her fault was obviously a big piece was me but it was again because i didn't know how to speak up and say this is what i want this is what i need um and just doing things to keep her happy and that was an important piece like i couldn't i couldn't have her not happy with me she had to be in a good mood around me 
Uh, again, it's a very common thing with the nice guy. And so, yeah, again, we, we deny so much about ourselves, right? We deny so much about ourselves to keep this person a certain way. It's like, no, it's not my responsibility. And so once I started to drop that responsibility and start speaking up for myself, obviously we had to work through things that lots of issues that happened the years before. So that's one part. But it was just like, she's responsible for her. I'm responsible for me and we can support each other. And that's, and that's what really what um, shifted. So like, what do I need for myself to be happy, to be content, to be fulfilled in all aspects of my life? And she gets to take care of that. And we come together now. Mm-hmm. And now we come to get together to support. And I think another piece for me was really, I say it a lot of times, I think I even said it in my story yesterday, it was like, truly listening to understand her, not tr- trying to listen to fix. Cause again, I had to fix to make sure she was okay. Like understanding what she was going through, what she went through, what she's feeling, instead of always trying to s- solve the problem, it was just like, okay, can I just be with what she's bringing to me? And that has changed a lot. Again, I don't have that responsibility to fix everything for her. If she needs something, she will ask. So, so all these things are important, but yeah, it definitely hugely impacted my, my marriage and we're in a better place now because one, I've tackled it within myself and two, we, we decided to work on the marriage together, but based on what was now, um, not true for me, but yeah, what was true for me? Like, like I didn't, because this is, I'm, I was now acknowledging this is, these are my needs. These are my wants. This is what I, I desire. This is my vision for the future. Can we come into alignment with this? This is important, right? And uh, one of the things is like deal breakers, like non-negotiables, like what's the non-negotiable? And another piece is that was important. It was, I would place a lot on her, right? Again, needed her to be happy so I could be happy. No longer putting all that responsibility on her to make me feel a certain way, to make me feel validated, loved, worthy. No, that was on, that's on me to, to do, to feel, to have. She just could contribute to it, right? She's a part of the equation. She's not the whole equation. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because for a lot of these men who get into relationships with, with women and potentially eventually marry them, these men who haven't processed their own trauma, their own pain, there's something in the woman that facilitates the pain or there's something with her that's attractive because of this pain. So it's like, for example, if you, if you weren't validated or loved or you weren't shown love and affection as a child, you'll go towards what's familiar to you. And you go towards someone who's maybe cold towards you and not very affectionate because you believe that's what is yeah. the norm. That's what a relationship Unconsciously, is. yeah, you're so used to it. Yeah, mm. you're so used to it. That's that's true for me. And it's not taking any way away, anything away or not bringing down my wife, but that's very true, right? Like very su- uh, similar patterns to my childhood. Like somebody who's emotionally unavailable really how you say it. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what it was. It's like, this is what I'm used to. I'm used to fighting for my, for love, fighting for approval in a sense, right? Like really having to prove myself and it just followed the same pattern until we both, again, until we started to tackle on the marriage, to tackle things on within myself, she did it with herself and th- the dynamic starts to shift, but up to a certain point until, like you said, the, a man who doesn't deal with his own shit, even if the wife does, his his past is always going to uh, inform his present, which will dictate his future, right? So you have to break that pattern of the past and, and show up differently so that things do, do change. Yeah, you, you did touch on it there. She went through her own healing process too. And how did you, I'm trying to think of the best word to use here. How did you give her the encouragement to go down that path or did you have to encourage her to go down that path that she sort of acknowledged that within herself mm-hmm. because again this is something that's very common for men who yeah. go down the journey of per- person development go down a journey of healing themselves but the wife doesn't follow them yeah i think at first she was 
what's the word I want to look or say? Reluctant? Reluctant, 100%, 100% reluctant to tackling on anything, even the marriage. Like we don't need anybody to support us with this. But because I already had been years doing my own work on other things, I was like, no, we need to, to, to see, like seek support. And like, we need to tackle this on. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, yes, we do. But once we did, it was like, woo, it opened up. Like she, yeah. she's like, oh, okay. I see what's here. Um, and so although she was reluctant at first, she opened up to it. And I think she just saw what, what, um, the benefits of it. And I think just over time, as things started to change, she started to say, well, well, if you're doing this, I'm going to do this too. Like if you're taking time for yourself, I'm going to take time for myself. Cause I think in a way we're both codependent in a sense, like we both attracted each other for a reason. And so I, she inspired me and then I inspired her and back and forth. I think it's, it's a certain thing, right? We inspire each other. Um, and at certain points I do, I, right. Like I, I'm really into this. This is my passion, right? Like personal transformation, all the stuff that we've talked about and other things this is what I'm passionate about. I read about it. This is my whole world. Her less so, right? So certain things I see, it's like, okay, we'll have conversations about it. And I'll just inv- like introduce, like, there's this thing here. Maybe you want to tackle this on, but I don't force her, right? I don't force her. But yeah, for any man who is doing the work on themselves, I think for the most part, the woman has already done some work on themselves. And it's the man who has to sort of catch up because if you, and it, it might not be true for everyone, but uh, I feel like if we as men don't do that inner work and grow and heal and, and tackle these things on, we end up at certain points growing apart, right? Because there's growth for one side and you're not. So it's like you're at a certain level, but then they work on themselves, they work on themselves and you're doing this mm-hmm. instead of, it's not that we're at the same level all the time, but we're, we're choosing to go up in any in increments right together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's so important for men to, to do that. And, and when you do don't force, like, even when women reach out to me, Oh, I want my husband to do this work. It's like, you can't force anyone to do anything. They don't want to, it has to come from them. They have to want it for themselves. Cause even if you want it because your wife wants it for you, it's not going to truly happen. And when things go astray, because they probably will, you're going to blame them anyways. So you have to want it. So if you're the man, you're going to have to let your partner, your wife, your girlfriend want to do the work on themselves and um, just be an open door, right? Just be there for them to support them. And then at some point, you, of course, you're going to have to choose, is, is this the right relationship for me? If I'm so focused on growth and becoming a better man and becoming a better person and they're not, are we really aligned anymore? That's another topic, another mm-hmm. conversation, but um, yeah, it's so important for, for us men to, to tackle this stuff on and then just be open to just like you didn't do it for so long. Let them come into it and in, in their own, their own pace, their own um, yeah. rate. Yeah. I think a big thing, big thing I've understood is that I have to take ownership of my emotions and of my actions and in the past most like most likely yourself whenever your wife would challenge you let's say become angry with something you did or didn't do mm-hmm. instead of you reacting or not reacting perhaps and, and you know being passive aggressive and then becoming more resentful you approach her with an open heart and you approach her with love and you see it as a test. It's okay. I see you're angry. You're frustrated. And I'm still here for you. I'm still mm-hmm. going to love you. I'm still going to support you. You still mean the world to me. And yeah. I think over time, the woman will begin to trust you more. And that in itself will bring the relationship to the next level. That's without her even having to do any work on herself. And it, embeds a level of uh, further commitment in the, in the marriage because you can see the efforts you're going through in your own personal journey and why you're doing it. And it's, it's probably to remind her why you're doing it as well for a lot of men in terms of like, I'm, I'm doing this for you, I'm doing this for us. And you're going to see some changes or you don't just say that, but you can surprise her. 
you know, your actions speak louder than words. And that, as I said, if you're challenged by her, see it as a test. Okay, what are you going to do? She's angry. Mm -hmm. You're going to run away. You're going to become passive aggressive. You're going to react yeah. in another negative way. Or can you, you've lost. Yeah. Can you hold that space for her? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's one of the things, uh, even recently I put out a post saying like we, a lot of men can't hold that space for their partner and be there emotionally for them because they haven't been there for themselves. They haven't held that space for their own emotions. So once they've done, you start doing that work on yourself, not that you're done, you're finished, but you, you ta start tackling these things on, you know how to deal with your own stuff. Now you can deal with other, in a sense, deal with other people's stuff. There are other people's emotions. So in this case, your partner, you're like, okay, I can be with their anger. I can be with their sadness. I'm not going to like you do shut down, run away, get, get passive aggressive or whatever. No, I'm here for you. Can you hold them in their, in their own pain in a sense, right? Because if you can do that, whew, mm -hmm. I think women in general want want that, right? That is a protector. That is a what a, a masculine man should be is is there to protect her with all of that she deals with in her life. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What what her anger is what her anger is related to is probably not what her anger is related to or what you think is related to. So there's an underlying emotion there that she's being challenged with, and she needs you to support her through that time mm -hmm. yeah and hug her and tell her you know everything's okay i'm here and it's yeah. most men won't want to do that but it's that's your test if you can do that man you've 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 fucking leveled up and it'll bring yeah, relationship sure. to your house if yeah you do it consistently and what was and, there uh, i'm just going to ask you something there yeah go ahead in terms of the relationship seeing it as it was going through such difficulties in the past did you sort of come to a, a crossroads of splitting up or, or staying together? Was there, was there the, if I'm, if I'm a hundred percent honest, there was always thoughts of that mm. at a certain point, not, not to, you know, not the whole time, but there was a certain amount of years, especially when we started tackling the stuff on. Yeah. That was all my mind a lot. That was on my mind a lot. Not hers. I don't think, but how did you, for me, how did you, convince yourself to stay because that's a real temptation for a lot of men yeah a hundred percent um very real and then i convinced myself to stay i don't even know if i convinced myself to stay or because i wasn't fully healed from the codependency um did you understand almost like did you understand almost like there was no, no there was no other there was no other way out. there was no way out in a sense because where am I going to go in a sense? Right. And it doesn't, it's not taking away from her. Like I'm not bringing her down by saying that, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it's, it was challenging and it's hard to even talk about sometimes because I want to respect her with what she's gone through. I understand. You know what I mean? Uh, but well, well, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not I'm not saying, I'm not saying to this. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, but I'm just saying it's, 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 cha it's challenging to deal with. And how yeah, do you, yeah. how do you stay? I think it's always comes back to if we can tackle this next thing on, I see like it opens up the door to the next thing. The potential. It's okay. Yeah. There's, there's potential. It's not that I was looking for her to, um, I was believing in her potential. No, I knew she, there was potential in her. It's not that it's more so like a potential in us together, making this work together. Now that I'm clear on this and this and that, and she's clear on this and this and that. And, this is where you hurt me. This is where you hurt me. Like, okay, can we come together and work on these things one at a time so that we open the door for the next thing that we want for ourselves? And I think that is what happened. And so as I gave it that time and she gave it that time, things just get, keep on improving. And, and it still does. And I, even I, told, I talked to my wife yesterday. I, we had our anniversary and I won't say specifically, but we just said like, we're in the best spot that we've ever been. And, um, it's because we've just committed to listening to each other. And, and the big piece is me, right? Like it's not her. A big piece was me. I was so immature. I didn't know how to deal with her. I didn't know how to deal with her emotions. I didn't know how to deal with her. And as I said earlier, because I was able to deal with my own shit, I was now open to dealing with hers. But for the first little bit, because I had worked on myself for so long, what stopped me from being with her stuff was the resentment that I carried for so long. That resentment blo blocked 
holding that space for her because I was still upset at her, even though I was saying I wasn't. It was really there. So it took some time. And I, I think it was just patience um, and a willingness to, to try, uh, really. And yes, of course, like I said, honestly, where else? what else was I going to do? Like, I have a whole family. Like, I can't. I didn't want to explode the family, right? And really, I didn't want that. I always wanted her. And I keep on saying that to her. I want you, right? Mm-hmm. This is important. Because I don't want anyone else. I want you. It's just we can work on the things of what I'm not getting from you and vice versa, what she's not getting from me. Can't, but we can we get be that person for each other? Um, I think that's an important piece. But it, for, for me, it's always been I've always wanted her. She's the person for me. Yeah, that's powerful. You're yeah. Fully committed to her. And that becomes your uh, your reason to stay. I think you've just mm-hmm. answered it there. And yeah. Is there any non-negotiables that both of you would hold in order to maintain this healthy relationship? Because 18 years, well done. And it's not been an easy 18 years. And you've come out on top, as you said yesterday to her, that you're in the best place that you've ever been. So... What do you feel have been some of the non-negotiables that you've adhered to in order to get to this point that some men and couples today could also apply to their relationship? Yeah, one non-negotiable is, sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. Date your wife. Like, date her. I never dated her for most of our our marriage. Um, Make her feel sexy again. Make her, give her a reason to be something other than a mother, right? or a, a, a caretaker or a, an employee right give her a reason to to get sex, to put on a dress to put on that makeup and to go out and take her out and do things so like date her over and over and over again not just like once or twice a year like monthly bi-weekly um i try to do bi-weekly it usually happens every month like once a month we'll go out for a date um not and we spend lots of time together anyways but like that intentional time is like Kids are not with us. We're going to go do something fun or go out for dinner or do something new. Um, so date your wife, 100% non-negotiable. For me, like I have to continue that. I think if we don't continue that, it's, it's not going to be good for us. So that's a non-negotiable. Um, that's a good question. What, what are my non-negotiables? And one of the ones that I actually want to say out loud. Um, for me, it's like just being, can we both, hear each other and speak to each other and can you hear me in everything that i'm saying are you actually um listening to me can you validate me can we talk through this and not just and i'm talking a lot about me because i wasn't able to do that for my like for her like can we actually listen to each other and work through through things instead of like get defensive get personal like take things personally can we just really listen to each other? I think it has to be a non-negotiable. We have to be able to be in that space to talk to each other um, at that mm-hmm. neutral level where we're not taking it personally and we can actually hear out what we, what each of us are saying. So creating that, again, creating that time and that space. Um, I don't want to talk about important things. Neither she, does she when we're in the middle of getting dinner ready for the kids or we're trying to run out of the house, like we have to make that time uh, for each other. And I think that's an important piece, like non-negotiable for everyone should be making time for each other outside of time for work, time for the kids, time for other family, like all these different areas of life we make time for, but we have to make time for each other to be like, okay, today we're going to talk about this or today we're going to go do this or today we're just going to be with in, in each other's presence without technology or anything like that right like can we really create that time and space for each other um because i uh, deeply for me i want to be seen and heard i don't want to be loved that's how i feel loved right i want to be seen and heard and i want to hear certain things so we have to create that environment for that to happen and vice versa i'll have to give that to her as well even if she doesn't necessarily want it, it has to be reciprocated so yeah yeah and there's no point spending time with her and she's on her phone or on some device and you're not being seen, you're not being heard. And of course, if you're not addressing that, it, it turns to resentment as well, which would be a nice guy approach. But now you would speak up and be more assertive in terms of something that would oh, upset yeah. you or that yeah, would 100%. You, which changes mm-hmm. everything. 
Yeah. 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 Even if certain things that she would say, like now it's like, no, like that's not okay with me. How you dealt with that situation is not okay with me. Can we talk about that? Instead of just, you know, tucking yeah. aside, oh, I don't want to bring this up to her. She's going to get upset. No, mm-hmm. it's not about getting upset. It's like, can we have a, in a mature conversation? And we can now, right? And we can have that mature conversation. It's powerful, man. Well done. That's not an easy process. So thank you for sharing all that information with us and insights. And there's a lot of goal there that men can take with them to improve their, their own relationships with themselves. And of course, the relationship with their kids and their, and their wives as well. So thank you so much, Kevin. And my pleasure. where can all these good men find you and reach out and follow your brilliant work? Best place right now is Instagram uh, at the canvas within very soon. um, My other page that is really focused in on the men's group and stuff like that is going to be coming back online, which is at the man within. So the canvas within is mainly the one and the man within is the other one. Uh, Send me a DM, ask me a question, start a conversation. I'm always answering questions, always talking to people who send me DMs or just follow my, follow my page and follow my content. And hopefully it'll support you with whatever you're going through in your life right now. Yeah. There's some brilliant content there, Kevin. Thank you, thank you so much for it. And thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you, man. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. And I, I like how things went, right. Where you, where you took the conversation and what we talked about. Um, I'm always, so even at the beginning, right. Like go wherever, wherever the conversation goes, mm-hmm. I'll go. Yeah, yeah so I, I, really I knew it was it. gonna be a good conversation because I can, as I said, I can I can relate to you and you can relate to me and yeah, a lot of men listen to this can relate to us. So you know that's that's the that's the power of having these sort of conversations and getting getting this stuff out there to help them become aware of their difficulties so they can make a change as well. So yeah. yes, thank you, Kevin. Thank you.